Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sleepy Time Stenographer. This is Chris Mastro, and uh, thanks for joining me on this, uh, what's here, a rainy day. There's also seems to be some sort of techno music, uh, techno party going on next door, so that's always great for recording audio. And we're going to do something a little different today. Um, Brian Edwards, who did the beautiful artwork for the show, has submitted a dream of his own, so let's check it out. All right, so I didn't just wake up, but uh, I had a very viv- uh, vivid dream last night involving you, Chris. Ooh. And uh, so I'll give you the rundown. Uh, you know how our buddy Joe Riley, he flies single-engine planes? Well, in this dream, you had your own single-engine plane. Okay. And you lent it to me. That with me not having any knowledge about a fly plane. Well, I trust you. And we were at some kind of uh, lake resort, like some kind of like country club on a lake or something. And there's people swimming there. It's night. It's it's like night and daytime. People are swimming there. That is pretty cool. Uh, and I'm flying the plane over the lake. Uh, I forgot what I'm doing. I think. Well, oh, I'm going to land the plane, essentially. Learn how to land in the water. And I get to a certain part where we're just like, there's some really, the trees are taller than normal. And so I'm flying at the, you know, at the same altitude as the trees, essentially. And But these are gigantic, tall trees that are up, this, you know, with a small plane. And I noticed that the tree to my right, the lake's underneath me, resorts to the left, trees on the right. And I see one branch that extends out a little further. As soon as I get to that point in the plane, we're flying very steady, same altitude. All of a sudden, it's not a gust of wind, but it feels like like some like low pressure kind of front pushes the plane's nose upward, and it shoots straight upward to the point where it's like almost completely <laughs> perpendicular to the ground below. Did that noise go off while the uh, plane was going out of control? Ding dong. To the ground below which is no no because then it will just like fall out of the sky so this happens and i try to you know push the uh push the uh handles of the of the plane downward to get it back to like you know steady and everything and ends up jerking straight down so now we're nose diving back towards the lake <laughs> uh, i'm able to correct this and go steady again out into the broader part of the lake and i think i end up landing it you think so all of a sudden, deja vu happens. I'm at this party again, and somehow I'm in the plane again, and I'm going to the same spot. I'm like, oh, this is like where this, <laughs> and I'm like analyzing, like I, like I know how fronts affect planes and everything. I'm like, we have a low pressure system right here that's going to push us up, and I know it's coming right, right where this branch of this tree extends out, and I know it's coming, but it happens anyway, and I can't prevent it, even though I'm like gripping the, I'm gripping the controls even tighter and I'm trying to keep the nose pointed slightly downward so it still pushes me up this time I have a parachute on my back and while it's going straight upwards I feel like the plane's just going to fall out of the sky so I bail I jump out of the plane this little single engine plane with my parachute and I'm sitting there in midair falling and I'm just kind of like taking in the scene as I'm falling but I'm not trying to to deploy my parachute at all and all of a sudden, the water's coming up real quick, 
really quick. Like it turns out this was only a few hundred feet in the air. And all of a sudden I splash down in the water, never deploying my parachute. I, 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 I splash in the water, not just plunge deep into it. I, I basically like, like a skipped stone, like a rock. So I kind of like enter the water at a slight angle. <laughs> like your water sound effect. But the force with which I hit the water, like, it like shoots me now horizontally. And there's this little tiny island where people are bathing and people are sitting. This little grass island right before the country resort that's right there where people are just like lounging out and it's nighttime. And I smash into the side. It's like a cement, it's like a man-made little tiny island for people to swim on. And I smash into the side of this little island that's like protruding out of the water by like a foot or two. Smash in, my back is completely, but I'm fine. I'm like, holy, sh like I do it, it should have broken my back. Yeah, so not only did you, did your parachute not open, but you've got found the one piece of rock in a, in a bed of water. I should, should be dead, essentially. My spine should be severed. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Didn't even hurt. And I get up and uh, immediately I start looking for you, Chris. I start looking for you and I'm like, holy shit, what am I going to tell him? His plane's, his plane, I don't know where it went. Got to find his plane. Should have bought the insurance. So Chris comes and I, you come and I start apologizing immediately. Like, hey man, I'm sorry. I hit this low pressure front and I just bailed. And, and then all of a sudden while I'm telling you this, we see the plane still flying by itself, just doing like random swivelly movements in the air just above the lake it's just like kind of flying on its own like kind of like a like a movie or a cartoon where like you see a car out of control or something and you see it just just driving all over the road by itself it's playing just like doing loop-de-loops and it's just flying by itself was the benny hill song playing and it's like well how are we gonna get it and we see it heading for like the distant trees beyond the lake and we're like, we got to go get it. We start to chase it down. All of a sudden, it takes a nosedive and just plunges right into the lake. And we're like, huh, that's a best case scenario if I've ever seen one. So it takes like hardly any damage or no damage because it crashed into the lake, thank God. And so we swim out to it. And um, all of a sudden, somebody, somebody had already swam to it. And they have like a little... They have, it's not a, it's like a, an inflatable barge, like a tiny miniature inflatable barge. And it's my, uh, fr a friend of mine from high school, Andrew Silver. And he's, and it's, and he, uh, he powers this barge with his feet, like one of those, uh, one of those boats that couples take out on lakes and everything with their feet. And it's just like this inflatable barge and he's got the, uh, he's got the plane on it and everything and he's paddling in. I swim out somehow really fast to that point. And um, he's like, he's like, don't touch the sides. It's really hot. It's really hot. And it's not the plane that I'm touching, but the sides of the barge, the barge is like metallic. And they're extremely hot, like, co like, like hot coils, like a, like a car's engine and everything. I touch it, I'm like, ah! And he ends up like, he ends up, he, he's like, get out of the way, Brian. Like the barge is coming and it nails into my chest and I just feel a burning sensation in my chest. And, uh... That is the end of the dream, but uh, there's one for you, buddy. Hope you enjoy it. Wow, I loved that. That was uh, that was great. Thank you. That was full of action. Uh, there was constant motion. Something was always moving at some point, whether it be the uh, the wind 
uh, your our bodies a plane. So it was like a motion of machines, motion of a uh, human, motion of uh, elements. That was really cool. I like how uh, how your how the waves of your uh, the air pressure system repeated as waves. Like uh, you we, you knew the next one was coming, but we're still powerless to do anything about it. Like waves. We were in uh, Florida years ago when I was younger, and there was a, these like eight foot, ten foot waves. That was, you know, I was already like um, the the height I am now, but it would um, how to say this? Like we were standing with these waves crashing down. I knew they would crash down anyway, but it was almost like I was fighting to see if I could stand up or 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 like survive these gigantic crashing waves down me it whooped my ass every time but i kept uh, fighting against the nature regardless um i kind of in my head was kind of playing like a rocky movie like i'm getting knocked the shit out of me by these gigantic gigantic waves and they would throw me back like my body was completely out of control uh rolling backwards body scraping against the sand and the shells on the ground um and the and the ocean was just continually spitting me out, and then, for the sound might sound stupid, but I would just get right back up and stand right back there, and uh, kind of give the ocean kind of like a hit me harder sort of a thing, you know, like I was gonna beat up the ocean, or I was gonna let this ocean get the best of me. Um, bad move. I mean, it. it, it <laughs> Luckily, there was no concussion. My it was a little waterlogged after that, but uh, um, there was no real. Um, there was no undertow, so I wasn't getting sucked away. It was really just trying to force me out every time. So it was something that was dangerous but survivable and uh, and fun, really fun too, at the same time. Uh, also, like to give a big shout out to Andrew Silver for saving our ass. Not sure who it is, but uh, seems like a pretty decent person. So that was nice. Um, yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see what else Brian has here. That was a good one. Okay, um, Chris. So I noticed the trend. Of more motion. You're already in the car. I've been having cookies and milk. Uh, pretty close to bedtime. <laughs> what are you five? Uh, for the past, I say four or five days, and it's been causing me to have these like really vivid dreams. That uh, that uh, I'll tell you about one of them right now. Uh, I don't know how funny it's going to be, but this is what happened. Um, let's see, I think, um, out on eastern Long Island, in my, at, uh, a buddy of mine's, uh, summer house. My folks are there and everything, and they're all planning on going on this, like, uh, this, like, overnight camping trip to, like, this, uh, I guess this like remote island where they where they do camping and everything and tents and such. And uh, essentially, well, you've really got to think for remote and random islands. I end up starting going with them, and my cousins show up on my dad's side of the family, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be great. We haven't seen you guys in a while. We're gonna we're gonna get to you know do all this fun stuff together. Apparently, they run the camp that. Uh, you know that people come to and everything and so it's like a pleasant surprise a lot of the the middle part of it's blurry to me but um, I end up being back at my buddy's summer house 
and uh, all of a sudden it's the next day and I, I'm waking up and it's about 10 a.m. in the morning or something and I'm like oh shit this is the time that they said to get back so that we can make the the boat or whatever across to that little island where the camping is and I don't ask me how I got back to the summer house no idea I'm just but I'm late I'm late as usual and I'm like why didn't my parents freaking call me based on the way uh, you're driving currently I'd say you're still late like why didn't they why didn't they even why didn't they even you know try to try to alert me I really wanted to go on this thing and so I called my parents and I'm like mom what's what the hell what why aren't why didn't you give me a call before you go and she's like oh we didn't want to we didn't want to wake you up. We didn't want to. <laughs> we didn't think that you really wanted to. Like, they've completely. It's my fault because I can't freaking wake up, and that's 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 in real life too. But it's, <laughs> but it, but I'm blaming them in the moment because they're like appeasing me. They're trying to. They're like, we thought you'd be more comfortable sleeping in, and I'm like, no, I want to see my cousins. I haven't seen them in years, and you know, it's, it's, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know. It was one of these weird situations. I think it's like, uh, might be like an anxiety dream or something where, like, yeah, I don't wake up in time for the, and therefore I miss out on things that I really want to do. <laughs> uh, that was the first part of the dream. And then, second part of the dream is I'm back at work and it's my company, although the offices are very different. The offices are like um they're structured like a frank lloyd wright building like he was a naturalist architect i, I saw i went with my parents to an exhibit of his uh, he has his uh, college out in the middle of the desert in arizona and he, he's notorious for like these buildings that blend into their natural landscape the environment and so they're usually only one story he never builds anything that's like taller than a story or two mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I'm at work and my company works in this building that's just like a Frank Lloyd Wright house where it's like it's all one story. It's a very long institutional kind of building uh, with very modern art kind of feel to it. The hallways are kind of zigzagged, jagged, and um, there's like random koi ponds and shit in the hallways that you gotta like step on stones to step over and I have this little office and uh, I'm in there and for some reason I give up my buddy Chris knows him uh, Joe Riley I give him a call you're dreaming a lot about Joe Riley uh, because I think there's a void in the in like one of the upper management positions. Turns out this position is like... You can put Joe in an upper management position? Just like, just might as well be the CEO of the company and everything. And I'm like, and I'm excited. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta call, I gotta call Joe. He'd be, per he'd be perfect to get in here and everything. Chief entertainment operator. So, next thing, he's, he's at work with me. And he's like the new CEO. O-M-G. I'm still in my same position, but he's like running shit. And it's the funniest thing because, <laughs> you know, he's got like 
Joe's like a really, you know, he's an extremely smart and talented guy, but he can be a bullshit artist with the best, <laughs> he can bullshit with the best of them, you know, to stay, uh, you know, to stick around in a position that's like above his pay grade. And, uh, ringing endorsement. So that's exactly what he's doing here. Like, and I'm seeing all these, uh, you know, like, uh, I think he's got a tablet or something he's holding. And he comes by, he's like, hey, Brian, what's up? And it's the morning. It's like the start of the work day. And I see his emails. And I see it's like, you know, everything's got, you know, it's like Outlook emails. And there's exclamation points after every one. And it's like these, uh, one of them, you know, he, he has open in front of me. It's like these documents need to be approved quickly. And I'm like, Joe, don't you want to take a look at those? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah, uh, tell him. And apparently, there's a guy waiting from one of these uh, architecture teams who like needs this, needs this approval immediately, and he's waiting just a, you know a few feet away. And, he's, and Joe's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just tell him, uh, just tell him, yeah, go ahead, we'll go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna budget him for it and everything. So like without even looking, Joe's just signing off on everything. And it was the funny thing in the dream. I'm thinking, wow, that's a fucking brilliant move. You put the power back to the teams who are requesting all this stuff. <laughs> Very libertarian of Joe. So I go to the guy, and it's one, you know, I go to the guy, and I say, yeah, you're you're all good to go. He says, go ahead and uh, you know, do what you got to do. They said they'll allocate the necessary funds for it, and and uh, I don't know. I just thought that was. Uh, I thought that was hilarious because, like, by him being very nonchalant and not really looking into it, he's kind of letting teams do their jobs, you know, and really not have any roadblocks from management. <laughs> yeah, it's costing the company more money, but I was like, you know, in the moment, in the dream, I don't know, this might be dream logic speaking, but, I, but I'm like, wow, this, you know, this, this really makes sense. These projects are going to get done so much quicker. <laughs> And then me and him, and he's like, hey, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we're, you know, we're still buddies and everything. He's running, but he's running this, like, this giant fucking, you know, the, uh, he's running like a creative arm of this giant corporation. And he seems to be actually doing pretty well in it and everything. He's like extremely, he's, as Chris knows, he's an extremely social uh, kind of guy and everything. So he's very easy to get along with. And uh, it was just, it was just funny to me and I was I, I was like reveling it I'm like my buddy's you know my buddy's the boss and it's like yeah let's go to lot I couldn't like look past the comedy and hilarity of of the moment and in and, and he him being the, the same appreciator of that he was kind of into it too so it was like uh, I don't know a total bizarre dream uh, two-for-one dream kind of a deal uh, go ahead and discuss guys let me know what you think did you just assume my gender? I like how uh, I like how nonchalant he was as the boss. I like how the CEO essentially came up to you and said, "Hey Brian, what's up?" It uh, I guess because we work out in like the tech sector that uh, you it would be perfectly uh, understandable to have a boss like talking like that, but. I mean, just think about, like, the whole madman thing and how, like, the, the quote-unquote boss used to be, like, what was the, uh, what was the image or visual of what a boss was 50 years ago versus now is pretty startling. 
I, I would think I'd much rather it now because, uh, uh, you know, everyone's human and to pretend otherwise is, uh, is probably silly. Uh, but, uh, who knows? These, these boss people still have, uh, uh some sort of, uh, psychological issues. These, these, some of these guys go to dominatrixes all the time, right? The, uh, hey, if whatever floats your boat. I think the difference is that back then people kind of, like, knew they were the quote-unquote man. And now people, like, <laughs> want to deny that. And I, th I think that, like, uh, denial or, like, that, like, weird feelings about power is what makes, uh, people like shift towards that direction maybe maybe i'm completely ignorant as to why someone would uh, go to dominatrix but um uh, it, it might be something like that like back in the day there was sort of like a formality and absolute authority that came with all of this stuff uh uh it, now there's uh it's a little more of a gray area um uh it, it could be that these people don't think they deserve power or maybe some of them don't um uh, but it is pretty interesting. I wonder if uh, back in the day those like a uh, rigid uh, boss type suit, Mister Mister Johnson. I wonder if those guys ever went to the nineteen forties version of uh, Dominatrix. Um, I feel like that's even been like modern day with politics. Like uh, uh, you would essentially rise up the ranks of politics by being a smooth operator and being cool. But there's uh, there's sort of like uh, even even when you get to the upper echelon, now you got all this power, but uh, but a, a lot of the time you spent rising up the ranks was bashing about how uh, you were the underdog and how power is not good in the first place. So now here you are with this power, and it's like you're you're the man. I mean, there's no one else above you at that point, and then you're still uh, you're still uh, claiming to be uh, not or at some point some some sort of an underdog. Um, I guess everyone's got their own story, but I've noticed that in recent years, like, uh, not just one person, but, uh, multiple, uh, uh, people, uh, have, have, uh, I felt like the last two presidents specifically, uh, as different as they are, were similar in this regard, that they, uh, they definitely feel, feel, see themselves as some sort of an underdog, uh, or, or that, uh, someone else, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm just rambling. Okay, I actually got a, picked up a Dreamer's Dictionary. I got it as a gift. And, um, it is called A Dreamer's Dictionary by Sandra Thompson. Let's see, there was a couple things you mentioned that might be in this book. Okay, let's, do, let's talk about the first part of your dream, when you were late, when you woke up late. Um, this is such a common dream, like, uh, I've had, this is the most common dream I think anyone has, in because they just last long, it's anxiety ridden you kind of remember it, the feeling because it's a, a sinking feeling the whole time, it's, uh, you're trying to get closer to something and things are slipping away, so this is something everyone can relate to, so let's see what the dream dictionary says about that. Late. To dream of being late may remind you of an appointment. It can relate to anxiety about your adequacy or ability to perform tasks, or an avoidance of responsibility. Regret slash concern about having missed certain life experiences. Feeling of being left out of some situation. Arriving too late to catch the train, plane, or other uh, con conveyance suggests anxiety about your ability to reach goals. From a Freudian perspective, this may be an immoral sexual goal. 
and at some level the dreamer realizes that it's too late. The plan cannot be realized. Arriving too late dreams may occur during times when you have ambivalence about a situation, project, or goal. They could signal that you're reaching the limit of your physical strength, especially if a part of a number of other especially if in a they can signal you're reaching the limit of your physical strength, especially if part of a number of other frustrating dreams, like when you're running but not going anywhere fast. Um, okay, so, yeah, I could first remember, the first dream I remember having uh, that was uh, like this that I remembered was around the time I was like 13 or so, I would uh, go take my bike and visit uh, friends that lived in a town or two over, and uh, and then I'd have to be back at some point, say 10 p.m., whatever, 9 p.m., something like that. And I remember around that time having a dream where I was just trying to make that trip home and it just wasn't happening. And the time kept getting later, 12 a.m., 1 a.m., oh shit, I'm in trouble, gotta get there right now, but things kept getting in the way. Oh, but I had to stop at that store, but I had to, you know, so, uh, and sometimes there's things that are roadblocks that are not your own choosing. But uh, in that dream specifically, the, the main thing I can't believe I still remember part of this, but the main thing was that I had to get home as soon as possible because I was already late, but because I had other things scheduled, I was stopping at them along the way, but those things kept taking longer and longer. Um, kind of feels that way sometimes when you're stuck in LA traffic as well. So uh, this is a very dreamy place, and I, and and that the highways here definitely seem like a nightmare at times. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's such a common dream, I mean, even, even with my stuff, I have so many of them in the tank right now that you'll hear eventually, um, I don't know, anxiety, doesn't everyone have anxiety, I mean, it's saying you're, you're inadequate to meet a certain goal, but doesn't everyone feel like that all the time, I mean, aren't you always trying to strive for something bigger or better, regardless of what stage you are with that, so, it's, it's probably some pretty common stuff, let's, uh, let's look at the boss, because, uh, the other one was about you having a boss. Although the boss wasn't like a archetype, like an archetype of a boss. It was a, it was a goofy boss. I don't know if this this uh, dream book would have goofy boss. Let's see. Would it have goofy? No. Would it have bullshitting? No. I like how. Uh, with the, in the case of Joe, you didn't just judge the book by its cover, or or uh, even if you did, the results uh, spoke for themselves. It seemed like things were definitely on the uptick. Uh, if you do let um, all the departments uh, just do whatever they want financially, uh, I think you're going to be in big trouble later. But at the same time, um, uh, there in sometimes in these big corporations, there's these certain penny pinching things that go on that don't actually help. Or, or, or head-scratching, or whatever, so, hey, why not try something new? Alright, so this this uh, definition of boss doesn't necessarily sum up Joe, but let's just go. Boss. Let's see what it says. Unfinished business with your own boss. Feelings about authority, power-slash-dominance, independence, or self-confidence issues. Dreaming about a past boss may suggest a way to handle a current situation. Are you... Or another being, quote-unquote, too bossy. Actually, um, I had a funny boss. Um, and once in a while, he will pop up in a dream. And uh, But this boss would, like, explain things. Um, 
that you already knew, he'd be like, yeah, you see this? This is how you do this. So I had this dream that like I went to visit him. And uh, so he was kind of giving me the tour of his house. And uh, he would tell you things you already knew. Like he was like, uh, yeah, you see this? This is the fridge. This fridge, it keeps things cold. This though, this is the microwave. When I want things to get warm, I put it in the microwave. I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. Thank you. <laughs> so he's taking me through. Yeah, this draw, you pull it, it will open. There's things in it. You get the thing you want, and then you push the door closed. Do you understand? Yes. Okay, now let's go to this room. <laughs> it was like that sort of a thing. So uh, uh, for me, that was more comical, but... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, thank you, Brian, for sharing, um, I, I also liked how you had zigzags, uh, you had the pattern of zigzags in the workplace, that was pretty cool, actually, that's, it's good to chop up, uh, things in a workplace environment, uh, so it's not all square boxes, get, get your mind racing a little bit at work, and, uh, I think you'd be pretty good at designing some sort of an office, uh, environment, I mean, it would de definitely be interesting, it might, uh, feel a little bit like a Nickelodeon show, but, uh, hey, that's better than a boring, uh, 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 call center sort of vibe, right? Or cubicle sort of vibe. So, uh, keep it up and, uh, send me some more. Those were great. And thank you. And I uh, love the artwork and you are the man. And uh, I'm going to stop kissing your ass now. And, uh, all right, guys, thank you very much for joining on the sleepy time stenographer. Thanks to Brian for submitting, uh, his dreams. Uh, they were very entertaining and, uh, and, uh, that's about it. I'll catch you guys in the next time, and thanks for hanging out. Take care. Bye.